The Gospel reading from the book of John. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Judeans began to complain among themselves, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? And Jesus answered them, Do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be told by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. This one has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that the one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of this world is my flesh. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This past few Sundays, we have been reading and sharing of the story of Jesus from the Gospel of John. Jesus introduced to us at the beginning of this gospel as the Word made flesh, the one from whom all things are made. He, Jesus, who has left a trail of miracles, signs, and wonders among the crowds and communities, from walking on water, healing the sick, gathering crowds in unity, feeding 5,000, and so much more. This Jesus, who we, recognized today as our Savior, whose life was and is a statement and proof of the abundant love of God for this world that we live in today. This same Jesus that we recognize is the one we begin with today in this passage not being recognized. The people who had followed him across the lake to Capernaum this crowd that had seen Jesus and heard of all the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that he had performed. The same crowd fails to recognize him. They only see him as human and nothing else. When Jesus declares that I am the bread that came down from heaven, they reply with a response that I sometimes find perplexing. They say this, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came from heaven? I mean, how can they say this? This is not the only thing they know about Jesus. They've also been walking around with him, seeing the miracles. At least I expect them to say, well, you know, he kind of does some weird things. You know, like he walked on water. You know, like those things. I expect them to say this, but that's not what they see. They are so accustomed to seeing him as Jesus, the son of Mary and Joseph. I ask myself, 
how can the same people who have experienced the radicalness of Jesus not at least see him beyond the, the little boy they saw growing up? At least remember one story. But as I ask this question, I see that I probably am not any different. You see, for the Judeans, they had only seen Jesus growing up. They, had, they also knew their story. They knew their history. They knew that the bread sent from heaven was the bread that their ancestors had called manna, the bread that God had given their ancestors while they were in the midst of the wilderness. They knew their God. And that, and that certainly was not this little boy that they knew as the son of Mary and Joseph. It didn't matter that he had done all of these miracles. It did not matter whether he had done so many signs of things that they had never seen before. Whether the Holy Spirit had descended down from heaven when he was being baptized or not. Because they knew what they knew and they saw only that which they were accustomed and their eyes and hearts had accustomed to seeing. And like I said, as much as I would like to think that I would be different, chances are I would not be. In fact, I think I know that I would not be. Just a few weeks ago, I recognized the way I can be blind to the many things that are right in front of me. Weeks before the tiny house building started right in our parking lot, we were told about this tiny house village on 6th and Orchard, a place that I normally drive by and walk by at least once a week. But you see, I never saw the tiny house village. Not even two seconds did I stop to wonder what exactly is happening in that parking lot over there. I never recognized it because I I am a creature of habit. If I walk down a street, I walk down that street every day and come back the same way. I cross at exactly the same spot that I cross every single day. So I am a terrible creature of habit. And so when something new pops up in the neighborhood, chances are I might not recognize it. And sometimes I do, but I don't ask myself, what is that thing doing over there? And many of us are like this. We don't question why in a crowd of 5,000, only a little boy offers the three loaves of bread and fish. We don't question the systems that oppress our neighbors. We are blinded to the work and the miracles of God happening right in the midst of our community. When the tiny house village is built in our neighborhood, we don't see it as God, of God offering eternal bread for all to be filled. Instead, we wonder, what does it mean for the security of our homes? What does it mean for our communities? When the images, practices, traditions, and opinions that harm other people in, our, in, our, in God's creation and God's beloved children, when these are challenged and criticized, we are more worried about how we can preserve ourselves and our cultures. We don't wonder, what does it mean for the other person? Why is this person challenging this? Why is this person criticizing that? Because the reality is, in so many ways, we want to be good people, but we also want to feel protected and safe. 
So you see, when Jesus declares, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We might hear that as the Judeans did. Too focused on the humanity of Jesus and the protection of their culture, the Judeans ask a question that doesn't look beyond themselves. What kind of bread relieves hunger or thirst for good? Why do, you, why do they not ask this question? Why do they not ask, what is this eternal life that he is talking about? Oh, what is this will that God sent him to fulfill? I personally feel like this is the kind of question that would have given them a much bigger and maybe deeper truth about Jesus than the kind that they ask. But like us, they're only human. And when we are scared and in a self-preservation mode, we can only see ourselves. Like we have had in the previous week, Jesus saw the people in his crowd differently. He sees them in the image that God created them. Perhaps this is why he is not phased by the murmuring. He can see that it does not stem from the core of who they are, but rather from the fear and sin that is in them. Like Deaconess in Glory shared with us last week, the core of who God created us to be hungers for justice and peace. Yes, we hunger for food and nourishment too because our lives kind of depend on it, but we hunger for something deeper than that. And this bread that Jesus offers us fills and quenches the thirst of, hum of, hum of humanly flesh, but also brings us into a divine hunger that sees God's reconciling work beyond ourselves and moves into the world. This is the gospel message that I hear today, that Jesus is offering bread for a community of people who sometimes are too self-indulged that they don't see outside of themselves. And Jesus is setting for us an example saying, I know you indulged so much in yourself, but I'm still offering this for you, whether you recognize me or not, whether you see that I am here to give you the bread of life or not, I'm still offering it to you. I remember when we started building the tiny houses, I was so excited because I knew just how much work that was, how much of an impact this, these houses are gonna make in somebody's life. And like many people who were there, the day was super exciting. We were exhausted by the end of day one. And I can tell you, I was thankful for the devotion time the passage led us into. But on one of those days, he asked us to share where we saw God at work. And somebody in the group said, for me, these tiny houses remind me that this provides a door to somebody, to a woman and a mother somewhere and a child somewhere who have been scared every night, not sure how they were going to sleep, not just for their property, but for their own bodies. This hit me differently. It's not that I hadn't thought about the impact of the tiny houses. It's not that I hadn't thought about how amazing it was for somebody to have a place to sleep. But I hadn't actually thought what it meant to sleep outside as a woman. I'm terrified of walking in the dark. 
whether it's in the house or outside. But I'm also scared of the amount of danger that awaits me as a woman outside. And when this statement was made, something in my heart was transformed. That nail that I hammered into one piece of house, that paintbrush that I took every day and got off that work very tired, was going to offer someone a sense of security. These families were going to be sleeping in these places. These were not just transitional places. It wasn't just a tiny house. It was transformed into a sacred place, a place where a family is going to sleep, eat, and feel secure, a place where a child is going to grow up not being scared of what is going to happen to them, to their mother, or to anybody around them. And this opened to me my eyes to the work that God is doing in our world. This is the kind of work that God, the bread of life, died for on the cross. It is not that I had not thought about it. It's just I had not really saw what God was presenting in front of me. I saw the tiny house as one thing, but it went deeper than that. And in the gospel message, Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. And as much as the, children, the Judeans are worried about their culture, and I, I, I get it, but it is much deeper than them. The bread of life that Jesus is offering goes beyond ourselves. It goes into the hearts that transform human beings and people's lives in a way that we can never fathom or even imagine. It's this kind of message that gives me hope, that God is continually at work. The Holy Spirit continues to work to open our eyes and our hearts to the things that we are unable to even see or even imagine, that God continues to work in and among us, whether we know it, whether we recognize it or not, that God is continually at work. And that is such a great message. And I am so grateful that I am part of a community that is working towards that, that every day our eyes are open to something new, that our churches are continuing to work for God, not for ourselves. And sometimes we fall short and that's okay because we have the grace of God. God is always among us. God is always with us, working in, through us and around us. And I pray today that our eyes continue to be open to this, that our hearts continue to be open to the voice and the, the voice of God that is surrounding us every day. Then when you walk down that street on this familiar road, when the bird flies by, you can look by with wonder and say, I wonder where that one is going. Then when a tiny house village is built, our eyes are open to it. That when the neighbor across the street paints their house red, that we can notice that. That when the homeless person that is seated across the street where we live, when they disappear one day, we can wonder, I wonder where they went. That we continue to move further into the state of seeing, not just ourselves, but also the people and the things around us, to see creation, to see the wonderful things that God has provided in front of us, but to also see the injustices that wreak our communities and to be able to have the courage to fight and to move forward into the work that God calls us. For this, 
I give praise that God is at work. God continues to be at work, not just because I am doing something or because we at St. Mark's are doing something, but because God's love is beyond us. And God's love for this world is transformative and is always, always seeking for us, seeking us out, out of our places of fear and selfishness. And that God loves us and that God's grace abounds beyond and above all things. For this, I give thanks and praise for the love of God that continues to be with us and love us in all things and in all ways. Amen.